Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast brought to you by Crossover Media. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? I'm doing fantastic. This is one of the most exciting episodes we've done in a while, so I'm happy to be here, and I think this is going to be a really fun listen. Most definitely. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast. We stream weekly, you know, four to six every Thursday, Pacific time. Come by, it's always a good time. We're just chilling and talking about Apex, playing some games. We got a good episode though today. We got an interview. We're going to talk with Team Aim Assist. And then we're after that going to be breaking down the 6.1 patch and the aftermarket event, as well as wrapping up with some listener questions as always. Before we do any of that though, let's read off some five-star reviews. First review is coming from Henry. Yo, why'd you leave a review? Well, it's a great name. I can't blame him. <laughs> uh, but they say, hey guys, I just wanted to say keep up the great effort you put into everything you do for your community you two are so wholesome and i just want to let you know that you helped me get through the day with your episodes i started in season four and with your podcast i managed to get 3k damage with gibby thanks for making apex more exciting thank you henry give enough credit to yourself though and you got that 3k all on your own i'm glad you think we helped out though a little bit next review coming from mm chained your podcast is the best I've ever heard. I want to thank you for your support of Mirage. He's been my main since day one, and all the bad talk about him from the YouTubers really made me sad. I was wondering if you could do a Mirage episode anytime soon. Love you guys. It doesn't take a lot for me to talk about Mirage, so we're putting that on the schedule at some point. That is now for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you're just joining us and you haven't heard uh, previous episodes, we do this whole uh, series, essentially, that's mm-hmm. all about mastering the legends where we... Um, are pretty much knocking them down uh, at mm-hmm. a pretty solid pace. Mirage is all all up there. Really, we have a hard time deciding which legends to do next, but uh, you can probably expect another one of those coming out shortly. Definitely. And then last review for today, coming from FinnyBob99. You guys are great. I'm a bloodhound in Watson, Maine. Before I started listening, I had one win. Then I started listening. Now I have six. Love you guys. I'm telling you, they just, that's proof. Thank you. Hey, that's, that's what it is. That is what it is. Okay, what you've all been waiting for. Uh, we're going to throw this one to our interview with Team Aim Assist. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We had an awesome time recording with these guys. Anything else? It should be fun. Check it out. Welcome to the podcast for the first time ever, a team that has taken the Apex Legends competitive scene by storm, a team that has been consistently good in the battle royale genre, which is a testament in of itself, most recently placing third in the ALGS Autumn Circuit number one. With the career earnings over $20,000 in Apex, these guys are as legit as it gets, potentially, most importantly, becoming the face of the controller players for Apex Legends, a team that deserves to be signed by one of the biggest orgs in the game. Welcome to the show, Team Aim Assist. How's it going? Thank you for having us. Awesome. Uh, As we dive in here, I think we're going to start off with a little bit of an 
individual introductions. So maybe each of our listeners can try and get to know your voice a little bit. So throughout this entire pod, they'll be able to know who we're talking to. And so we're going to start by asking each of you individually, uh, when did you start gaming? Uh, Why did you start playing Apex Legends? And for just for fun, what's your favorite LTM of all time? And I think we'll start it off with Designful, if you want to lead us off here. Okay. Uh, when I started gaming was probably uh, Halo days. Halo days on uh, the original Xbox, the LAN parties oh, yeah. used to always have. So that was that was the beginning. I started Apex because I was really big into, uh, what was it, Blackout? Call of Duty Blackout. I used to run majors on that. So then I got into Apex when it came out. Somebody just told me there was like no advertising. I played it the second day it came out. And then my favorite LTM is probably Gold Rush. Oh, the, uh, the gold. Weapons. I like that one. That's not the normal yeah. answer, but that's a good one. I like that for sure. Uh, Resulta, you want to hit us now? Yeah, uh, my name is Jordan. Um, I started playing video games when I was young, man. I was real young. <laughs> Uh, my dad and my family members are always in the games. I probably started like on like the original Game Boy, uh, PlayStation 1 type deal, like playing Siphon Filter, all that. Um, and I kind of just stayed with it. Um, and then I got into Apex because, uh, yeah, I was same with the design flow. I was I was super into Call of Duty Blackout um, on, on PlayStation. Like I played Fortnite, obviously, because of the hype. Um, but I got back into to gaming because of Fortnite and then... Blackout came out, and then Apex came out, and it just ruined Blackout for me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I played it for a couple of weeks. I went back to Blackout, man, and the field of view, and like you slide, mm-hmm. and so it just felt like a computer, yep. like a like a two thousand computer game. I can go back. <laughs> That's to. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and then my favorite LTN's gotta be Solos. One hundred percent gotta be nice, Solos. Nice, nice Solos for sure. Gentrifying, wrapping it up with you. All right, uh, my name is Rigo. I've been playing like video games just, like as long as I can remember. Like basically, like I was, I can hold a controller in my hand. <laughs> the first like system i played was like a nintendo 64 and ever since then i just play like every console that came out uh my favorite ltm i think is uh definitely winter express nice see there we go that i think winter that would express, be shred, man. you're so weird nah, for that. Winter, winter express <laughs> is a third party <laughs> favorite no winter doubt uh all of our listeners when did you that. start playing yeah. uh apex legends uh rigo pretty much uh they have release. Like I was a pretty much just a COD grinder and a basically Fortnite grinder as well, because that's what the hype was. And then like someone told me, Oh, this new game Apex Legends is out. And I tried it out and I was pretty good at it in the beginning. I was like, you know, I'll stick with it for now. And uh yeah, I just made bang. And Awesome, it. love it. Thank you guys so much. Um Yeah, yeah we that's were all really COD awesome. grinders. We got made fun of for our <laughs> names as soon as we switched. Did any of you guys play Titanfall two? Nope. I played it after. I played the beta. Yeah, like I played the beta. That's it. I didn't, I didn't actually buy the game. Dang. Yeah, that's so interesting. You guys were OGs on Apex and switching over pretty quick. That's awesome. Um, first kind of question to open it up to the whole group is we want to hear kind of the story of how you guys met. Mm, we met on PS4. That's so originally I was on Xbox. Okay. I had to switch over to PS4 because my teammates quit Xbox on Xbox <laughs> to go back to Call of Duty, and I knew Resulta because we were both on the same org. It was like a like a little like it's a console org. It was like a Twitter, Twitter org. Mm. Yeah, it's a Twitter <laughs> org. We blew it up. We blew it up <laughs> because like we play so high in all these tournaments like D Live and stuff. No, not prolific. It was a. Uh, Shoot, what was it called? Varsity, Varsity, Varsity Varsity Esports, and uh, my Xbox teammates quit, so I had to switch over to PlayStation because I was cool with them. And there was like a pro league happening over there, and then Resulta got a job, and Sinclair got a job, which who I was playing with, 
I ended up having to pick up different teammates because Results in Sinclair got a job. So then I found Jen. I knew Jen because I played against him in one of the tournaments and he like lasered me. He lasered me from like 200 meters. And I was like, okay, this kid's got to be nuts. And everyone's like, no, dude, he's not that good. No, he's not that good. I'm like, I said that too. I was like, that's trash. Yeah. They both refused to play with each other like right away. And they're like, I'm not going to play with him. And I'm like, yeah, we are. We're going to do it. And like, we ended up playing together. And then we went to go switch to PC. And we were going to end up breaking up because uh, Gent kept posting out tweets thinking he was going to get picked up by a big T1 <laughs> or not even, not even. controller player looking for a group. <laughs> LFG, hit me up. But nobody knows who he is. And I'm like, Gent, I'm like the own, the best experience, like the best like showing or like show that you can have is like playing with us. It's going to showcase you best because we've played together for so long. But then we ended up just sticking it out and uh, changing up our meta a little bit. And now we've been playing insane. That's awesome. That's a great and, story. Wouldn't want it any other way. So it sounds like you guys kind of formed the team a little bit to showcase for yourselves because you thought you'd be like a, a good fit, everybody grinding together in a way. Well, yeah, because well, we played like, we played the console mm, league. Yeah, we've been playing together for like a really long time, so I think we know how each other like each other's play style, and we know how to work around. Awesome. That. Yeah, when we played the console league, we won by like three times the points a second. It was crazy. It was like every day for like two months you played, and like we had like six hundred points. I think second place had like two hundred and. 80 or something. Yeah, that's domination right there. And that was yeah. like rotating subs into awesome. Yeah. I think uh, one of the big questions uh, people might have for you, and we couldn't really find the information anywhere. And I think there needs to be some easier access to your guys' background. But why uh, play on controller? Never switch over to the mouse and key out of curiosity. For me, I think uh, it's like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like. I'm part of like the 1% on controller. Whereas if I played a mouse and key, I would have to grind for a long time. And I don't think I we have the time in order to compete. The familiarity in a way. Yeah. See, yeah, me as well. Uh, like seventh grade to like junior year, I played on mouse and key. I played a lot on mouse and key. Like I was a uh, Supreme Master first class on CSGO. I was royalty on H1Z1, King of the Kill. I played at like the top level on mouse mm-hmm. and key. And uh, I just, when Fortnite came out, I switched back to controller because like I didn't have that many of my IRL friends. But so many of my IRL friends got into Fortnite on Xbox. So I just picked up another Xbox. And then I, I got back on the controller because I played controller all the time when I was young, the whole time. So then it was it was just simple to pick it back up. And I ended up just running on it because like my, my PC became outdated. Mm-hmm. And like I ended up just saving up for a better PC. And then I just stuck with controller because, yeah, I mean, it worked. You know? uh, hey, we're both controller players, too. <laughs> and I, I just broke into the PC uh, budget for the first time, and I'm still rocking the controller on there for sure. Nice. I also feel like the movement, the movement is so hard on this game for <laughs> mouse and key. Like, I'm good at, like, point and clicking, but, like, the mm-hmm. movement, you have to, like, you have to spend so much time. That's interesting for sure. Absolutely. So next question has got to be, with crossplay uh, releasing today in the beta, um, it's going to be a, a hot topic in the next couple of days. But what are your thoughts on the fact that PC was not included in the default crossplay? I think it's a good thing um, for the like I don't know I guess the casual or console community. Uh, it's got nothing really to do with skill. I mean, a little bit, but it's just like the hardware that the game runs on. Oh, okay. Like I think it, it, I think if a bunch of like, like let's say there was no skill-based matchmaking, and like these casual people that are just like getting up at work that they like they like playing the game, they just hop on, 
and they're running into like us or like Hal or anybody that's like cracked at this game running on like 140 <laughs> like plus us. frames like they're they're just get absolutely distracted just not have fun I was I was hoping like they would have an option like where they wouldn't have to play with the piece like the okay so for people that like want to play ranked on mm-hmm. console and they want to play against better competition like if they could get into RQs without playing with the PC player like I think that would have been cool because the the queue times probably like die around like three to four a.m. for North America and we have to switch over to like European or Tokyo servers I was excited for that but um I mean we we don't really play pubs so yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I think we're going to dive a little bit now into some questions kind of around the competitive scene. We tell people, you know, drop in the same location every game to improve. And it's a good strategy to learn that kind of like looting pattern and such. And so some of the listeners aren't like super aware of the fact that your drop locations in like the ALGS are agreed upon ahead of time. Do you think is there a good strategy on how you decide where to drop ahead of time and planning ahead and making sure you have the right spot you're practicing for? Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the, some of the things you look for in a drop location specifically? We're just looking for loot because mm-hmm. uh, we're fighting. <laughs> we're fighting. We're sitting at the edge of zone. And we're just fighting. <laughs> so like, that's why we, we took all the thermal and like, we caused a big like mm-hmm. chaos right there. Like there's other people there originally, like when we came to PC, there was like three teams fighting for thermal, like T like T one teams fighting for thermal. And like, they ended up just finishing the war <laughs> for thermal. And like, we ended up just coming in and swooping it from them. And then, uh, our map room call, the reason we made map room, the call was because, uh, if if anybody lands repulsor, they're just free kill points for us because we just scan the we just mm-hmm. scan and then easily just run over there and like that was the call for that one. Yeah. So and at the time, we, there was a lot of circles that pulled down to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, end game. Yeah. There was uh, a bunch of water treatment. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's interesting to see. Are you like? Do you uh, run into issues with other teams wanting to drop into the same spots at all? Not anymore. <laughs> I just put them on Twitter. I put them on Twitter if they try. Yeah, we, we created some scare tactics. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it also depends, though, for like for more people like trying to get into it. It, it really depends on your team and how you play and what legends mm-hmm. you run. Um, because our spots that we land won't always work for everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like the legends that we run and the way that we play, like we 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 just we we keep edge and we just we fight and we make plays, right? Definitely. But yeah, but not like but not edge. every team plays like that. Some people like running Watson or Path or whatever or crypto, and they so they rotate early. They don't loot mm-hmm. everything. They they get to circle early and they hold positions down. They don't. They so it really depends on like how you are as players and who you're playing with and what legends you're rocking. To be sure. honest, I but think that's d- a great answer. We we definitely like uh like the map room pick <laughs> a lot. I think that's a good that's a good spot. Continue to uh, secure that. Um. But going off what you're saying, based on your guys' competitive play, you seem to really opt for a more aggro style based on your lineup and play. Um, and we've seen a lot of success with this strategy, including yesterday's performance. Uh, what goes into playing this style in the competitive scene? I think it eliminates a little bit of RNG, to be honest. Definitely. Um, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, just like uh, Monsoon said, I heard Monsoon talking about it as well. Results I heard as well. Just play for like, you just ape everything, play for second place because you're not, like, if first place comes, it's 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 just extra. But 
if you're just frying, you're going to get second place or second or third top five at all mm-hmm. times. If you're just taking every fight, cause like we're, I'm confident in fighting any team with my team. Like the only way we're going to die is like a third party or something. But other than that, I'll take fair ones as long, as long as we can get isolated fights and just stack kill points, we're, we're always going to be top five. Oh. And I'm, I'm cool with that performance. Yeah. I'm more, yeah, I'm, I'm much more confident in, in taking team fights, um, like smart team fights versus like rotating early and, and like getting RNG of like quick looting and like where the circle is going to pull, you know, even, and even if, if we have like a recon character or we see yeah, like, you never really like, especially now you don't really know where it's mm-hmm. going to pull. Um, or, or like who's in the lobby. So for us, I feel like it, it, it just helps us be, once we started doing that and once we kind of started locking down that strat, we, that's when we started being a lot more consistent. Yeah. It's definitely working for you guys. Uh, that, that's for sure. Um, talking a little bit more about competitive apex in general. You know, it's obviously very interesting. A battle royale is very different than any other kind of competitive esport. Is there anything you want to see differently or new in the future of competitive Apex and competitive BRs in general? Uh, for Apex, definitely better prize. Better prize pool, pool? yeah, definitely. That I also I want Apex to like. Dude, it, this this game, the movement is just it's it's mm-hmm. nuts. Like they need to like do more than just br. They need to do more than just br. Yeah, I agree. Something. I think they customs like, save, out, like, like the fun. They, stuff. Yeah, they need to bring out like custom games. They need to bring like Halo style stuff. They they need to be a we can be, we need to be able to just three v three like three v three. Yeah, I think mate with crossplay coming, that be fun. Maybe that'll be in the maybe that'll be in the cards. Um. I guess real quick, we'll just throw this in here. Then, um, you know, we have Flashpoint came out today and a lot of the devs were kind of talking about how they want some of those final fights and Flashpoint fights to resemble uh, a TDM style fight, like engage and disengage. Are you guys going to grind that at all, play it at all? And what are your thoughts on kind of that TDM vibe in the BR scape? I might check it out. I've been rank grinding. But yeah, I might check it out. I might check. It. I just want them to fix Pathfinder. I'm so hyped for this update, man. Pathfinder's gonna be mm-hmm. insane. His new ten, his 10 second grapple. Yeah. I'm loving gross. it so far. I'm loving it. It's great. Did they get rid of the shoulder Not thing? Not yet. Is it, no, bad? Is it better? No. Last oh. time I played, it's still. They said wall climbing fixes it, but yeah, it's like, I know, how are you going to even find a wall? A whole wall. Where are you going to find Yo, a wall? I'm grappling at people, and like I'm like, okay, I see a tree over there. Hopefully, I can hit that thing so I can then fight. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's addressed pretty quickly because I think it's going to be a pretty good. No, Pathfinder uh, would be very viable mm-hmm. again. Is, I'm hyped because I used to play. This is the only ter- tournament that I actually played Bloodhound. Every other tournament, I pretty much just is, that, is that a I've sneak peek then? Are we going to see the return of Pathfinder into the aim assist lineup? Hey, we met. Okay, yeah. okay, we're breaking news potentially. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about kind of lineup, but also just meta in general. What are your thoughts on just the increased amount of crypto and bloodhound play? I don't like the cryptos. Yeah. I don't like the either. I think that's fair. And the bloodhounds. <laughs> I don't like them either. I don't like either of them. They should not be able to scan beacons. They should not be able to scan beacons. This Pathfinder's like ability. Mm-hmm. Do you. Th- I well, extra been... zip lines now? Extra zip lines? What am I going to do yeah, with that? The, we've said it a lot of times on our pod. That new passive of 10 second cooldown from hitting the beacon is kind of just a joke at this point. Um, do you like, are you guys in the camp though? Like, would you prefer like everybody to be like required to run the same team? Like, I've heard some people say that before. 
No. 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 Uh, I, something I, that I like about Apex is like yeah. how diverse it is with the legends that you can't expect at that level. Mm-hmm. But I think like uh, running things like crypto and bloodhound, even though like this past room we had to do it, it kind of just takes away like because you don't really have to, your comms don't have to be on point, right? You don't have to be super crisp. You can just hit one button, one key, and you know where the entire squad is, right? So like, it just takes a little bit of skill mm-hmm. away. I think that makes sense. That's interesting. I like that answer. Bloodhound too easy and crypto annoying. Yeah, makes sense. Very annoying. <laughs> Talking about your guys' yeah. uh, team in general, um, you know, we've all seen the speeches from a couple of you guys, and we all listen in on the comms. And I, I think you guys, your guys' communication is really dang good compared to a lot of the other teams when we're just watching and comparing. But how do you guys like to run your team? Do you opt for the democracy style or would you say that one of you is kind of that like shot caller that makes all those decisions in crunch time uh, I, I feel like I... we each have our own mm-hmm. role honestly um, it kind of just know. depends on the situation uh, go ahead Jen you can you can go in on this I was going to say like there's different situations different matches where we all I think sometimes just make a firm decision on what to do and it really just depends on what the other person sees that the other mm-hmm. time that's kind of a checks and balances system we got going. I think it's a confidence like someone, thing. Too. Someone, someone will make a call, and like if the other two see that that's not going to work, you just tell them. You're like, mm-hmm. no, no, we, we we all have to agree. That's good, pretty much. It's it's like a two thirds vote, pretty much most of the time. I think it's impressive that you guys can pull that off in such like quick, you know, instances and in such a small time windows to do that stuff. Because you know we see a lot of teams where they have their shot caller. And that wraith sometimes, uh, that, those portals don't always hit the right locations. And then you see some frustration build there. So I like that you guys have that democracy style uh, gameplay. Sometimes the other teammates just see things that you yeah, know, you, you were really good at like uh, listening. If like, because he he's he is really good portals, but like if if he's mid portal, if he phases and we see something going on, and we we tell him like you can't go there, and like he'll he'll snap mm-hmm. in an instant, and he'll go towards like wherever we're saying we're like portal to the right instead. That's awesome. I think that's incredibly impressive. Like that that takes a lot of skill, and I think that you're right when you say. Everybody has a different perspective and is seeing different things. And so to be able to quickly come together with all that intel and make a quick decision, I think that kind of separates you guys a lot of the time. Um, kind of playing off of that whole uh, making a group decision really quickly, one of the questions that I have and some of our listeners also have is, do you have a barometer or a way to decide when to push a team? Like, is it more of a by feel decision or is there a specific armor level or do you have to hit flesh or when do you say we're full sending i think it depends like on our loot and where we are on the map um i don't really ever think it matters like what the other legends are like if we're like coming up from a tunnel we're going to train yard like we're going to be a little bit more cautious of of pushing up a team like into those little cars Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but um, if we're on edge of map, we know where other teams Deep are. Storm and we're just by a solo team, and we yeah. know it's going to be an ISO fight, we're taking it regardless. Mm-hmm. Just oh. to take the KP. But we can also back out, too. Like, it's a yes, yes, no type deal. Like, we can commit to a team, and if we notice, like, something gets fishy or something, like, one of us gets cracked off the rip, there's always, like, with Gibby and Wraith, like, we can usually back out or get a reset pretty quick. Yep, makes sense. I think that's a really good, pretty good strategy. Get the KP. Um... Yeah, do yeah, it fast. Doing it fast. 
So a little bit more looking forward for the team in general, but what's your guys' future? You know, we have a lot of people saying that you guys should be picked up by an org. Are there any goals or plans you guys have that you'd like to share with anybody out there? Um, honestly, I just think we're trying to just do our best. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. keep playing, we're keep placing. Focused on like orgs right now, we're just focusing on us, our placement, and just being the best and trying to be at the top. You know? For sure, you guys are pretty dang good at it. For that's for sure. Um, I guess that kind of wraps up the questions. I think Henry and I put together a little bit, but we got a lot of awesome uh, questions from our listeners for you guys, and I'll have Henry uh, take the first one away. Yeah, so the first one we've kind of been teetering around, but obviously y'all have your mains and specific roles, and those may or may not be changing. Uh, But would each of you like to break down who you play and why? Sure. Uh, First bubble guy. (laughs) Or ready to go first? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I play Gibby. Mm -hmm. Um, When we first switched over, I used to play Wraith. just because I the guns that I liked using it seemed like a nice fit. Uh, I like I thought we thought I was the most clutch. Um, <laughs> and then after playing together for a while, uh, me and Jen decided to switch just because of the the gun loadout that we like rocking. You know, I usually like rocking medium range guns like a wingman and R99 or mm-hmm. something like that. So we switched. So I hopped on Watson instead. And then once we did that, we won. Um, we got. Finally got a win. It was Esports Arena win. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. crazy. But we're like, okay, that worked. Um, and then for another Esports Arena tournament, I accidentally picked Gibby. <laughs> like, it was an accident. Wow. And yeah, we was... slayed out, and it worked. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think we, we dropped, like, 20 kills that match. And we were it, like, was just, it was gross. It was gross. I accidentally picked him. But I was running, like, I'm not like a buy. Like, I was running him in ranked. I was, like, practicing. used to run on the, the play, PS4 mm-hmm. league that we used yep. to play. So. so I was like, okay, let's let's do this. And we were nervous about getting rid of Watson because, you know, it gives us, like, those fences and the ult kind of helped um, a lot when we played. But the bubble is just a little bit better. Um, the bubble, like, I can throw. I get it every 30 mm-hmm. seconds. It's indestructible. The only thing that can bust it is a crypto ult. Um, I just think it's just better than a Watson ult if used correctly. Um, no. Another thing that I can do, I, I'm just, like, I'm the support character. Mm-hmm. I run scout. Pop shots when my teammates are getting in fights close range. I'm usually hitting, you know, I'm hitting 50 plus damage minimum um, on a kid before they get into a fight. I got a gun shield, and yeah, I just I'm kind of like the rock. <laughs> I just try to play like around it. my teammates, I guess, and make sure they stay up, stay awesome. alive. Let's hear from the bloodhound man. <laughs> I'm the blood. I'm the dog. I'm the dog man. Um, yeah, I I kind of I've fallen in love with him after I saw I like I watched Reptar play mm-hmm. a little bit and I was like, you know what? Like that looks real fun. I like I I ripped him out and ranked a little bit and then uh we were actually in a tournament we were super far down. Uh I was playing Pathfinder and like everybody was just bloodhounding and it was just it was pissing me off cuz you can't move, you can't move. You just get scanned every 3 mm-hmm. seconds. You, you there's no repositioning. So I, I I pulled out the dog and we uh we dropped two I think two back-to-back 20 kill games and like to to bring us back oh, into like second place we almost we were two points away from first place but like our first three games we had like four points in total but the last two games we got like 54 points or something crazy and uh we almost brought it back just from that and i was like you know what we're just i'm gonna run the the hound from now on i mean i don't know I'm, i may still stick on him just because of how broken it is kind of like the scan nobody really understood how broken it was 
but be, but like with controller at least like three controllers and a scan you're just frying <laughs> you're just frying at all times even, even with the little i guess they just nerfed them like the the scan from six to eight seconds in the alt but mm-hmm. that's nothing if you have a gold helmet that's nothing <laughs> hey we push that gold helmet to the bloodhound every dang yep. time okay doing? last <laughs> but definitely not least let's hear from our wraith all right uh actually yeah as jordan was saying like we switched roles i used to be the support character and he was the, the wraith but uh, usually we found out that I was kind of pretty much pushing by myself, trying to be the entry fragger as Watson. So that, that was not working out. Oh my goodness. And yeah, we, yeah, we decided to switch, put me on Wraith. Because I remember like, usually back when the R9 was, I would do R9 Massive. And he would use like Scout or something and stuff like that. Awesome. And so we decided to put me on Wraith, him on Watson or Gibby. And yeah, rest is history. How about actually, do you have any uh, portal tips for any of the newer players out there? I feel like the Wraith portal is probably one of the hardest skills to master in Apex. And do you have any like just wise words of advice for people? I think I'm a horrible Wraith, but I, I would say like... <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> we, we call the portals. We call the portals. No, it's not, it's not about like... No, it's not about that. Like... I can place the portal. Democracy. The main thing about placing the portal is making sure you can put it where your, your team won't get shot when they get mm-hmm. when they hit it. So I try to make sure and put put it like where like hit on a wall or rock. Yeah, definitely don't leave it. I'll the the tell open. them if they need a bubble or something. I'm always we have to leave it in the open. I'm so scared to hit this man's portal unless one of us called out where it goes, like where it should no, go. No, no, no. <laughs> if, usually... if he just goes off and like places it, I will not hit it until he says it's safe. Because like there's been so many times we go through and there's like four oh, kids there just oh looking. My. <laughs> After all this time playing together, the trust is not quite <laughs> solidified yet. Hey, hey, this man will place a portal in the most wild spots. Sometimes the bold portals are the best portals, though. You know, they are though. Yeah, because exactly. well, now we have a gib, so like mm-hmm. we can yeah, just that's why. Okay, let's. Uh, how about we mentioned it briefly a little bit, but how about just a favorite loadout you guys have to run with? Let's go, Prowler, baby. Scout Prowler. Yeah. Scout Prowler. <laughs> I love it. Yes, sir. Wait, is that what you both won? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. He doesn't know? We won the, the Super Regional we won. We both had that every game. Awesome. Uh, we, I used to run just R9 Massive, but now I'm switched to Wingman okay. Man. Wingman Massive. Love it, love it. Dang. Oh, we preach the Scout Prowler. It is good to hear that from some pros as well. <laughs> We've been preaching it, man. It's so good. Um... I guess another question coming from the listeners is how long did it take for you guys to get to your current skill level? <laughs> like uh, as a team or individually? Individually. Individually or however you uh, want to explain that in terms of months or hours played or effort. I think gun skill wise, we probably all got it from console, but there's just some things that you have to learn when you come over to PC just because it's it's not I mean it's not a completely different game, but there's just a lot of things you got to pick up on, and especially in the competitive scene. Um, but what we didn't it probably took us like what five months, five months of of playing scrims a lot, playing tournaments a lot to kind of kind of like get mm-hmm. that down. Yeah, we I mean, gun like we play in controller, so it's like we don't have to like train our aim every single day. But there's like some movement stuff yeah, involved, and like how to use different guns is definitely. Definitely knowing thing. people's rotations, knowing mm-hmm. their fight tendencies. Yeah. 
every every tournament we're learning. That's good. I, yeah, I'd probably say about like five months. Five months, about. five months of grinding. In that same vein, though, any advice for up and coming competitive players right now? Yeah, stick show with up. your team. Stick with your team. Yeah, you don't just switch roster. Uh, everyone, like everyone, if you get one, all the, I see all these people. They get one bad tournament and they just disband and they just try to make a new team. It's ridiculous. Like we, we went through a little slump in like because uh, we literally had just hopped over. We won a tournament and then we went through a bad slump and then we ended up just fix it. Just fix mm-hmm. it. Literally, just fix your team. We we ended up switching our comp around and we've been playing out of our minds now. If you have the chemistry and the chemistry is there and you have been capable of winning before, there's no reason to split apart. You, you just need to fix it. I like that. I like that for sure. That's a pretty positive. You gotta attitude. watch your film too. You gotta go back and watch your vods, like with the yeah, good, so the bad, right. and the ugly. Like you gotta know. Like, did you mess up? Did you mess up? Did your mm-hmm. teammate mess up? Or what did you do right? And whatever you did right, keep doing. Whatever didn't go well, like you, you need to fix. And you gotta be real. With yourself and with your team, you can't lie about like how much damage you did to somebody, or <laughs> like where where you were on the map, or whatever you were doing. You know, you gotta be you gotta be super real with yourself and with sure. your teammates. I think that's great advice. Um, what do you think is the hardest thing that you struggle with when it comes to Apex? And I guess because you're saying you're so dedicated uh, to learning and growing, how do you overcome those uh, largest struggles? I think you just need to have. Be, oh, go ahead, Jen. Go, go, I was go, just gonna go. say, uh, I think you need to have that dedication, that passion, so you get better and want to be the best at the game. Awesome. What were you gonna say, George? Uh, for me personally, it's just like fighting around the boredom, because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter like like you go further out, bird's eye view. Like, it doesn't matter like anything you put your time into, like especially this much. Like you're gonna get bored mm-hmm. of it, you know. Like, it's not as exciting and new and fun as it once was, especially when you first picked it up. Um, it's, I guess it's just digging a little bit deeper, fighting through all the reps and, and just kind of, you know, finding like a North Star type deal to fight around the boredom. Because especially the, the state that the game is in right now, you know, it's, it's not the absolute best. It's still fun. I still love it. But there's definitely some things that, that could be worked on. Speaking of the new then, what are your guys' thoughts on the rumored new map? Olympus like from a competitive perspective we've heard some people say that they really don't want a new map because everybody's scared because it's supposed to be close range mm-hmm. they're yeah. terrified yeah. Okay. Yeah. controllers yeah. Yeah. Run yeah. Out. they bring the R9 back it's GG you want to explain for our listeners uh, why <laughs> uh, why the controller uh, is preferred and the advantage at the close range is it just as simple as the aim assist or is there more to it than that it's aim assist. It's the consistency yeah, that comes with it. Players the... just get nervous. They get nervy yeah. when they see you close range. That's all it is. If they didn't get nervy, it's they'd be mental. fine. That's it. it. <laughs> wow. Um, and I guess the last question, uh, kind of a fun one, but if you could design a new POI for World's Edge or King's Canyon, what would it be? Get rid of Cage in King's Canyon. <laughs> I hate Cage. I hate being around Cage. I hate fighting at Cage. I hate when it ends. Get rid of Train Yard. Okay. That uh, too. <laughs> on World's Edge. Destroy it. Blow it up. Just put a black hole there. No one can go oh. that way. That'd be a cool POI. Black hole. <laughs> <laughs> what I would do is I would sure. make the room have like 500 pills. Love it. And a purple armor spawns everywhere. <laughs> and then, 
<laughs> it would it would have like a little a little pocket watch that you would be able to take and it would be like an orbital vset around the map so you can do that crypto scan wherever you want and you just uav everybody <laughs> around the map and you guys would probably drop that <laughs> yeah Jen, you want to wrap us up with any there. ideas? Or oh, we lost him. Oh, any, any thoughts on a, <laughs> if you could design your own POI for World's Edge or King's Canyon? Um, I don't know. I, I, I Fair have no enough. Idea. And yeah, nice. hey, hey, it's all good. They, the I don't know is a completely valid answer for sure, though. Uh, <laughs> that wraps up all of our questions, guys. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, for all the people listening, uh, all of their, all the Team Amesis socials, we're going to have it all in the description below. Make sure to go give them a follow. Uh, definitely worth it. You're going to want to hear those speeches in the pregame and the postgame. Uh, anything else that you guys want to plug before we let you go here? Nah, okay. I got nothing. Give them a follow, guys. Thank you guys so much for hopping on. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Before we get into talking about the latest patch, here's a word from our sponsors. The Good Games Podcast is brought to you by Henry and Shay. Hopefully you like those two guys. From our success covering Apex Legends, we have sought out to create a new project talking about all good games. But if you want to hear Henry and I talk and cover... Games from Rogue Company to Assassin's Creed. Check out the link in the description to hear about all the new good games. Now to get into the huge news this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, just discussing the aftermarket event and all the patch updates. Man, um, so much happened. Kind of a, a big week for the third party and the entire Apex community. Um, I guess to really just dive headfirst into it. Let's talk about that caustic heirloom. I like it. I really, really like it. I was confused as to what a death hammer was going to be based off the code. And that's a death hammer if I've ever seen one before. That thing is a monster. Absolutely badass. Wish I had an extra 250 bucks to blow on the collection event entirely so I could get that heirloom. No doubt about it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to hear uh, from the caustic mains in the Discord. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think of that. It, it's pretty dang cool. I I didn't expect for it to have like his face on it or some sort of face, and I think that's a nice touch, uh, which is pretty cool. The interaction with it is really cool too. Let's talk a little bit about the new limited time mode, though. Flashpoint, uh, really unique. First new LTM we've had in a while. You know, not a recycled one, and that's really cool in of itself, but you know, Flashpoint, no healables. So there's only these passive healings that happen in Flashpoints when not taking damage. It's like a huge bubble kind of around certain POIs. And you can fight in there, take some damage. And if you escape, you regen your health, essentially. It's a very interesting thing. It's the only way you can heal in this LTM. Additionally, there is an always be closing ring at the same time. And the final ring is guaranteed to be on a flashpoint. Henry, what are the thoughts on this mode? I I love new content. I think this is really exciting. Um, I'm definitely going to try to play as much as possible of this just because I think it's going to be really refreshing. And the premise seems really fascinating to me. Like, I like the idea of having this, uh, this region of health mm-hmm. and how that will play in Apex. 
Um, don't get me wrong. I love heels. Uh, I definitely don't like uh, when the heels are minimal in some LTMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this, I'm excited to try it out and see how it works. I really I can't really speak to it yet on what it is, but I'm excited to find out. It's fun so far. I've played a couple of games of it. I'm excited to play more. That is for sure. Um, the other cool thing is I've seen some people talking about how this maybe it's a little bit of a tease and a test for a future legend ability. And that could be really interesting. We've got a lot of rumors about a new support legend and we're going to cover it on the next show. Um, but very interesting concept. No doubt about it. Yeah. Next piece uh, that's come out is the crossplay beta. Finally. Um, this is what, you know, millions and millions of people have been mm-hmm. waiting for. This is a huge deal. Um, really opening up an uh, amazing opportunity for you to play with your friends that have different consoles. And that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, needs to be noted that it is not like full, full cross play. So like if you are on PC, you will not be put in console lobbies. Un- and actually there's no one less. If you play with someone that's on console, you will bring those console people into your PC lobbies. We talked about it a little bit in this interview and brought up some really valid reasons. And I know uh, there's a lot of different opinions though out there about it. And so I hope that this still, you know, very much satisfies everyone. And I hope the beta goes well and there's not too much lag and disconnect and issues. And so we can continue to have this in the game because I've already enjoyed, you know, having everyone in our discord be able to play together if they hadn't been able to before. Yeah, it's certainly cool. And we're crossing our fingers that everything works well and that uh, queue times uh, are potentially decreased. Yep. Um, and we're also kind of still waiting at the edge of our seat to uh, find out how this is going to affect ranked and really mm-hmm. uh, what that's going to look like from a predator perspective and all sorts of things with now this cross play. I'm excited to grind some ranked a little bit and see uh, where do the pred lobbies start at this time around or is cross play really going to uh, help that out? Um, you know, last kind of thing for the aftermarket event. Gotta be said, perhaps the best set of event skins in the last year. They're all great. Gibby, Lifeline, Caustic, Wraith, Watson. They are all just absolutely amazing. Got me to drop a couple bucks. I got the Wraith one and the Caustic one off of some packs. And oh my goodness, they're just absolutely amazing. Some of the best work I've seen yet. Yeah, I I really think a lot. Even the, some of the weapon skins are really next level, and mm-hmm. Octane and Revenant also are looking super fresh. Um, you know, today on the Instagram, uh, there'll be some sort of poll um, to maybe gauge if you guys want to see us open some event packs or uh, do some of that oh. stuff. If you guys are interested in that, uh, check it out. Should be a fun stream on Thursday with the event and everything. So. Definitely make your opinion uh, be known on Instagram and hey, definitely join This is a big deal because Henry does not normally spend cash on event packs. I guess we can go into it. So I think uh, this could be a big deal. Vote yes for sure. If it means I'm opening another one because I'm getting, you know, tricked into it by Henry, I guess I'll survive. Peer pressure is a thing. So let's see if we can make it happen. <laughs> let's talk about one of the most important things of all patches and specifically this one, the balancing. We're going to start with the legends, though. We'll go through one by one and kind of break down and give our thoughts, essentially. But starting with Rampart, increase the rate at which Sheila's bullet spread tightens. First thoughts? 
this uh, at least appears to be really good and in our opinion, I feel needed. Um, Definitely. Although like on paper, Sheila seems very powerful um, based on the damage and the rate of fire and the clip size. Um, But I just, I was playing as Sheila and being shot at, or not playing as Sheila, playing as Rampart using Mm -hmm. Sheila. um, I wasn't really feeling that power. And same if I was uh, being shot at by a Rampart using Sheila. So I'm hoping that this makes it so that Sheila's worth using mm-hmm. over your other weapons behind amped cover. Um, it's still a very different play style uh, to what I like, but um, I'm really hoping that this makes Sheila way better and more viable. It was one of the first things I noticed playing the game. I was like, this is not like the devotion. Like it doesn't have that really tight bullet spread, which makes those guns really good. So I'm really excited for this. I hope it takes her to the next level for sure. Uh, Next legend is Bloodhound. So they updated Bloodhound's tactical cooldown while the ultimate is active from six seconds to eight seconds. Come on. Did it change it? Did it change it, Henry? You know, I don't (laughs) think this is uh, really a nerf. I think it's just a slight balance adjustment. Mm Kind of. I I think it's uh, definitely appropriate. Uh, Bloodhound is still a very, very, very good legend. Uh, definitely take our word for it and try it out. Um, I don't really have any complaints here. I'm not offended yeah. by this. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a very good, uh, well-educated uh, balance. I don't think it's going to hurt his pick rate, success, or anything at all. Just makes it a little bit less crazy in a fight than it was before. Uh Talking about Pathfinder. So this news is ringing true to my heart. Anyone that's been around for a long, long time knows I, Pathfinder main, you know, at the beginning of this, played them for a long time. I've taken a pretty long break and explored my other options. But I might be coming back now. We'll see. Let's talk about this ability change, though. Grapple cooldown is now based on the distance Pathfinder traveled. The shortest possible pull has a 10 second cooldown. The maximum cooldown is still 35 seconds. You're going to have to swing a very long distance to get there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like it. This is based off of kind of the Titanfall 2 mechanic of that grapple ability um, based on kind of how long you're in the air depend uh, kind of consumes uh, what you have Mm -hmm. uh, of the grapple, which really makes sense. And I think uh, once this settles, uh, I think a lot of people are going to think this is how it was supposed to be. Like yeah. this kind of makes sense. Uh, it takes some skill in order to kind of establish uh, how much you have um, and when to use it all. Uh, but I think it's really nice. Um, I will say like if anybody's concerned about this being a, a 10 second cooldown and a potential buff for Pathfinder, I don't like think that you're going to be able to get uh, solid grapples more than you used to be able to at the old. So I think it, it gives you a lot more uh, versatility and that opportunity to do a second grapple mid-fight after you uh, you know have maybe a 20-second cooldown on the mm-hmm. first, uh, which is a big, big difference from 35 seconds. I think it brings him back to elite status when it comes to urban fighting, uh, the being able to quickly grab rooftop and little versions of high ground and still have the escapability shortly after is what I loved about Pathfinder in the beginning and having that 
kind of play style back is could be really cool. Could be really cool. I'm excited to see what everybody thinks about it. Um, big change. Happy that you know the devs have finally uh, thrown some love paths away for the first time in a while. It seems. Yeah. Let's talk about Wraith. Okay. Updated Wraith sprint animation. So for anyone who doesn't know, Wraith kind of had a little bit of a Naruto run going on, hunched over, uh, very small hitbox and hard to see because of that run. And so now she stands straight up when she's running. Um, do you want to summarize maybe the dev notes behind this one? Give a little bit of the insight that came from making this choice. Yeah, so I guess you have to start kind of from the beginning in that Wraith is the favorite legend in the game. Always has been, and it's not even close. Like yeah. far and above and competitive and casual and ranked. Everybody loves Wraith and she is just, even the win rate uh, over the pick rate is just dominant and they've tried to do a lot of different things in order to bring that down and feel a little more even uh, mm-hmm. with other legends they've messed with the tactical they've messed with the ultimate uh, they've really done everything they could and so the new thought process is um, to try to go after that hitbox a little bit and to change the sprint animation to hopefully make it easier to hit wraiths um, I'll say that I think this is a unique perspective on it. I don't think anybody like had this called out. We definitely didn't uh, anticipate this as a potential uh, nerf to Wraith. Um, but I will say that Wraith is a hard one to nerf. You know, we were watching the Global Series and, you know, we definitely admire Wraith. The style of the kit, you like, you can't get rid of that mm-hmm. desire to be invincible. Like yeah. her kit just works so well. You know, we saw multiple finishes at the competitive level where wraiths were able to phase at the final ring yep. and get a second place finish because of that ability. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you can do to the cooldown and the duration and the animation that is going to force her out of that. So yeah. hopefully this uh, maybe makes it, it's a little bit of a nerf, but I personally, don't think that this is enough to make people abandon ship. Definitely not. What do you think about the fact that at the end of their dev notes, they finished with saying, depending on what we see after these animations go live, we may even be able to put some power back into her abilities. No promises though. Yeah. I, I think they say some crazy stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a continuous process you know, of always looking, always looking at data, seeing what the community says. I mean, it's obvious to us that uh, not all their uh, decisions are based purely on data. Mm -hmm. And so it also is impacted by how people react. And um, I think with Wraith, that will ring true. I mean, to speak to the dev uh, stream and the dev notes, I think Everybody should maybe flip them on and watch them, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're listening to third party because you like our takes on it. But they had some very interesting perspectives and even said at one point that Pathfinder and Wraith are really uh, equals in mm-hmm. a sense. And, you know, I think we slightly disagree with that. Um, and I think we would put Wraith way above in power. Um, you know, if anybody needs some power added back to them, mm-hmm. I think we would probably default to Pathfinder. But Time will tell. Yep. It's an evolving game mm-hmm. all the time. We will see for sure. Next, we have Crypto. 
Crypto's drone can now open loot vaults. If Crypto has a key in his inventory, it consumes the key as usual. Nothing nice crazy little here. Utility. He's got know? so many of these little mm-hmm. abilities, which is kind of fun and interesting about it as well. Yeah, and they also increased uh, the banners. Yep. Uh, to kind of give a little bit of buff to that passive within the drone, which I really like mm-hmm. uh, that ability to know how many squads are in the area. Um, and so I think that's a very nice nod. Crypto is in a really solid place. You know, like we always say, mm-hmm. a lot of power, but takes serious dedication to the play style. And you can't let your team get too far ahead of you while you're playing on your Switch. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to be aware and be quick with the drone. You have to be able to, you know, throw that thing out, get what you need to get, like scan what you need to scan and keep going. So very cool legend. Um, I'm excited to see uh, the future of crypto and how uh, he's played uh, and approached at all levels of play. I think that they're probably one of the most interesting legends uh, that we have. Once Apex goes live on Switch, what are we going to do about uh, the Switch analogy that we always go with? It'll just be even more true. I don't know what to say. It's hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love it. Uh, Last but not least, we have Loba. Increase the range of ultimate and passive from 3,100 units to 4,500 units. And Loba now starts the match with her ultimate half charged. One of the examples they gave was that now her ultimate could cover all of a capacitor. Just from a size perspective to give you a little bit of an example. Um, you know, you know, Henry and I for a long time have been calling for a little bit of some buff and love to Loba. Our thoughts have always been circulated around the tactical mostly, Um, but it's good to see her get some love this way. And they know, obviously, it seems like that there's something missing a little bit with her. It's certainly interesting to hear their perspective. And it seems that they're just very much focused on Loba's role is loot. Yeah. And her teammates have to have loot. And really, this change to the ultimate, that is bigger than it sounds. That's a mm-hmm. 50% increase to something that was already very, very large. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it going to change how it's used? Maybe. Probably not. But it's just interesting to me that they focus on that ultimate because they're focused on loot. And I think many players think Loba is more mobility. And that Mm -hmm. is a huge value in this game. And so the fact that they have kind of neglected the bracelet and really haven't addressed it um, as something that should be used in a certain way or should be changed, um, I think still remains to be seen. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Shay and I were speaking off air just about loot in general and creating a loot legend. What is really the point of that? You know, I like the concept. It's interesting, but... We don't run Loba, and we always have the mags that we need. So mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting to not play Loba and wish you had one or wish you were Loba, um, I think is at least rare for me. Yeah, we don't run into those situations quite often. Let's dive into the weapons now. First, change to the Devotion. Increasing hipfire spread at base level and also increasing the spread added while firing. You know, they talked a bit about how the Devotion's an LMG and it shouldn't be able to go up against these SMGs and shotguns in close quarter range from a hip fire perspective. And with the charge up speed and the, uh, you know, shortening everything together, 
it very much could do so up until this point. Um, and then we'll just quickly like add in with it that the Spitfire also got a similar change because they wanted to keep the hip fire of LMGs consistent, except for the L-Star, they said. So kind of interesting there. Um, I haven't noticed it that much with the Spitfire yet. I noticed it a little bit with the Devotion, though. Um, to compensate, though, on the Spitfire side, they are reducing horizontal recoil, which could make that gun pretty dang good. But thoughts on the Devotion and Spitfire changes? Yeah, so I think this is a very good change for the Devotion um, because it's in the crafting rotation, or at least it was. Mm-hmm. I got to use it a good amount. And with the turbocharger, it was just nasty uh, with the hip fire. Just being able to uh, crouch spam and just hold down that trigger Pretty much you couldn't lose um, unless they were getting massive headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the Spitfire, man, I I could definitely see myself uh, turning around on the Spitfire because if it is more of a laser uh, with just vertical recoil, um, that could really bring it up and make it a lot more approachable um, for an already pretty approachable weapon. Um, I definitely... This is the season of the Spitfire. The whole season is built Mm -hmm. around this weapon, and so I think you should uh, perk up and maybe listen to what they're trying to do. Try and give it a shot. Yeah. I just had a huge game with the Spitfire, too, earlier today. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to give it some love and try it out. In that same vein, though, of a loved gun, we got the triple take with some changes. Reduced fire rate from 1.4 to 1.3. You mentioned this is where it should be and needs to be in comparison to the other guns. What else? I mean, this just is where the triple take should be right now. Um, It's a very unique sniper. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've broken down this weapon uh, pretty extensively, compared it to the longbow and the sentinel. Um, It's still a very top-tier sniper that offers a lot of forgiveness. Um, But the rate of fire uh, was something that I just thought was kind of unfair and puts it at the way top of its class, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, might not be where a triple take style weapon with three bullets should be, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, last kind of piece on the guns, uh, in the dev stream, they mentioned that there's potential for nerfs coming to both the hemlock and the prowler next season. Uh, as of now though, they don't think it's a huge deal and that they're fairly powered and there's no feeling of needing an emergency patch from devs. Uh, but they are keeping their eyes on it. And so we might see something come about next season or a mid-season quick fix if it something happens and it gets OP. Anything to add on that? No, I think that's pretty good. And I think now we can switch over to kind of more of the quality of life uh, mm-hmm. fixes this patch and starting off with a really cool thing that we like uh, and maybe we're asking for, but loot prompts are now shown uh, to give you an indication of how much damage an Evo shield has accumulated while in a box so that you can make a better decision when switching. We've been begging for this on stream, off stream, in the podcast. I'm so happy they added this. It's really nice. And honestly, it just uh, was kind of disappointing because uh, previously they wouldn't let you. Like they wouldn't mm-hmm. really, you'd have to like drop your armor um, in order to uh, do it uh, just to see. And now it's, you know, right in your face. And I think Mm -hmm. in recent history, the UI of Apex Legends has just, I mean, if you're an OG, Mm -hmm. you got to remember the old days of the inventory menus and all sorts of stuff. Um, This is really a golden age 
for looting and uh, UI for that yeah, stuff. For sure. Uh, next, uh, now um, the performance display um, is a new uh, option that activates a panel that appears in the top right corner of your screen during a match. Uh, previously, you had symbols. Uh, to let you know about your lag and such. Mm -hmm. uh, but now you have kind of specific uh, data displays uh, if you'd like. Um, kind of a lot of specific details. Do we want to kind of explain? It might be helpful. I, it, yeah, we could give a quick explanation, but sure. Yeah, it sure. kind of just tells you what's going wrong. There's five things, at. yeah. Frames per second, latency, loss, choke, in and out. If you really want to know what each and everything is, uh, quick little Google search and you'll become a pro. Um, I like that in the dev stream, they mentioned that they're going to use this data to track things though, and potentially make improvements to the game. And that's exciting to me because I know a lot of people have frustrations with this game when it comes to lag and crashing. And even in the competitive scene, they're having issues. And so I really hope that maybe this is a step in the direction of fixing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And another thing that can't skip over um, is something that I also like with the loot. And now when you're looting, you also get a prompt, uh, just a small indicator that shows you if your teammate needs this item. Um, so you can ping it out to them. So good for random play. Just mega. This is mm -hmm. so good. Um, I love it. It just is a great way to make the ping system even better and anticipate your teammates needs without having to talk about it or request it. I think this is really, really cool. Um, and we'll just allow for faster, better gameplay across the board. No doubt about it. Um, and then we also have streamer mode coming in an anonymous mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a really big deal and we'll hopefully, uh, give us a nice little wave of positivity for Apex uh, mm -hmm. from the content creator side. Um, Worked closely, supposedly, with Lulu Lovely and uh, Sorjanks. So absolutely awesome. Hopefully it does everything these guys need. You know, Henry and I are uh, nowhere near the size of the people. We're not really getting uh, stream sniped or anything. So Stream snipe me. I dare you. Please. I would love it. I, I would be so it. excited. I want it. Like, just one-on-one. -on -one. No problem. <laughs> If you see me in a match, drop all your weapons We're and boxing. we'll do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? I'm not even messing around. Love it. Next thing is my absolute favorite thing ever. Gotta tell them. I gots to. Random favorite added for the music and the loading screens. I've been asking for this for a long time. You can't really describe it that much. It's just, it's great. Great change. Thank you, Apex. It's really cool. And being able to customize that playlist is going to be really fun and there's so many great loading screens and so much great music so mm -hmm. no complaints it's a great feature um and then lastly uh this is not in effect uh this is not in the patch but it was uh discussed by jason mccord that the damage tracker in an in-game damage tracker is on the list for a future update so um, cool which is kind of exciting. You know, we've talked about it before. Um, our last episode was how to get uh, higher damage games. Um, you know, having a tracker like that would make it easier to kind of mm -hmm. know, okay, I'm close. I need to do this or that. Um, or, you know, vice versa, knowing your teammate is closer. So pretty cool thing. I like it. I'd hope for it in the future. Um, and it just might happen. That'd be great. What are your overall thoughts, though, on this patch and the aftermarket collection event? 
You know, despite the initial uh, bugs for Pathfinder uh, and that kind of visual, um, I think this is off to a great start to be an amazing patch. I love the skins in the event. I think it's a lot of fun. And a lot of these changes I was not anticipating uh, this soon. And so I'm really happy uh, to see all this stuff uh, continuously get improved and a lot of cool new things that we're getting. Definitely. Beautiful skins, awesome changes to the game. Really excited for the continued future of Apex Legends and hopefully Season 7 brings us everything we've ever wanted and takes the game to the tippity top. Pray for crossplay. I hope it works well for people. Um, we'll be monitoring it on all the socials and all that kind of stuff, but I really do hope that it works as intended. Yeah, as the as the Discord has pointed out, word. Yep. Time to dive into some questions, though. If you want your question answered on the podcast, leave a five-star review on Apple Pods to guarantee it be answered. Otherwise, join the Discord. Ask your question in there and we will try and get around to it if we have the time eventually. But yeah, we like that. So start us off with the first question, Henry. Coming from the boy who brought good fortune, a five-star review. Are y'all able to do a pathy breakdown? If not, all's okay. I love the vibe. Pathy could be on the list. We've been frustrated with Pathfinder, I think, to an extent um, with the changes to him, but exciting to play and as soon as they fix that glitch we can get on the grind and it's definitely on the docket as amongst a lot of other things are yeah absolutely next review coming from jp cregan five stars love the podcast definitely recommend it when did you win your first game and what was it like yeah i can start it off um well it wasn't my first game and it wasn't my second game uh, ever playing on. <laughs> uh, but my first win was actually as Gibraltar, uh, which was very uh, shocking to me because I started off playing Lifeline and Bangalore. And after that win, uh, I pretty much went back to Bangalore and Lifeline. Uh, these were the early, early days. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that was my first win. Uh, I believe it was a shrink uh, on the Repulsor little uh, gas station roof, mm. uh, which was pretty cool. Gibby does well there. Um, but yeah, pretty fun, pretty hype. I kept playing after that, I guess. Yeah. I had an awesome start to Apex. I won my first three games, all as Bloodhound. Um, really crazy. I'd never been a huge first person shooter from a success standpoint. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm addicted. And then Henry and I started playing together and I will say, you know, skill-based matchmaking. We eventually got into some struggles for a while. And like once you those those wins after starting the game and losing a lot in a row, it's just the best feeling at that point, no doubt. Totally. Next question is coming from the one twenty four eight. Great numbers. What do you think of that? Love to see it. Um. Hey there. I started listening to this podcast a month ago, and I'm hooked. I felt like my friends were avoiding me, and I got really bored. And found this podcast, and that was very helpful at the time. So, I think it is the greatest podcast there is. Quick question, Henry and Shay, are you Preds and Ranked? Because that would be cool. It would be cool. I wish. It would. I wish. We're not Preds, now. Um, we took last split off. We were Diamond 3, maybe cracked into Diamond 2, the split beforehand. Um, but 
one of these upcoming splits, I think we might go on the grind again and see if the cross play makes it so you don't just play against, you know, Preds once you hit Diamond 3. So, maybe. We'll see. Uh, next question coming from Mr. Lee. Hey guys, I'm a newer player to Apex starting three months ago and main Wraith and Caustic and Comp and Loba and Revenant and Pubs. Who do you think are legends that are only viable in pubs and unusual in comp? And comp, he's saying like diamond and predator lobbies. Love the podcast. Keep it up. You know, really good question. Um, I'll start off with that and then I'll say it's not a very good question. (laughs) And the reason I say that is, yeah, like there are the legends that we see in the global series. And there are the legends that we see in diamond and predator. You got your Wraith, Watson, Pathfinder, and Gibby mm-hmm. now creeping in are these uh, bloodhound and cryptos. Um, that's pretty set. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like I think that if you love playing octane, you can give it a shot. You know, it's a totally different play style and yeah, it's not the norm. It's definitely would be unusual, uh, and competitive, but I think you could do it. And I think everybody outside of uh, those four or those six is considered to be very unusual. Very but, much so. You know, is Revenant unusual to play? Can Mirage not be successful and ranked in mm-hmm. the Diamond Lobby? I don't know. We know people that play it and do it. So I don't know. I don't think you should let what is the norm affect who your favorite legend is and who you play in pubs and in competitive. Let your team affect it. Yeah. Make the decision with your squad. Like Mm -hmm. whatever you guys think is best for you, um, whether it be Mirage, whether it be Watson, you know, like obviously it's going to be different play style and it might be harder, but you can, diversity is great, you know, in all aspects of life, including Apex Legends. And it can certainly give you an advantage, you know, mm-hmm. if everybody's playing one style and then you come out of nowhere and toss a, na- a Nox grenade on them, like they don't know how to react because of their grind and ranked. They've mm-hmm. really never seen that before. So um, I definitely think embrace creativity. And like Shay said, uh, make the decision with your team and build it around uh, your favorite legends. Last question for the day coming from Sweethearts. Awesome podcast, fun and informative. I listen to y'all at work every week. If my coworkers didn't already think I was a huge gamer nerd, they know for sure now. I started using grenades a lot more because of y'all, and wow, it is awesome getting quick kills with them. Don't sleep on grenades, fellow Apex players. Thermite is the best boy. Here's a question for y'all. I'm a huge sucker for cosmetics in games. Do you have a favorite legend or gun skin that you gush over or maybe a gun charm or heirloom? Um, yeah, I got so many of them is the problem. I'm currently obsessed with the newest Wraith skin because I got that one in the aftermarket collection event. Absolutely in love. But, you know, there's so many great skins and cosmetics and the Tomb Raider G7, I think is the name of it. That's probably my favorite gun skin, though. That's a pretty cool one, yeah. In our last two streams, we went through kind of all of our unlocked mm-hmm. uh, skins and got to kind of gush over them a little bit, which was fun. Sorry, the the questions were uh, kind of bled together there. We do have one more. Awesome. Oh, from Dr. Bad Karma. How'd you guys meet? Great Good question. question. Mm-hmm. Do you want to answer? Do you want me to answer? You can tell the nice story. 
Long Don't get too romantic ago about in a it. galaxy far, far away. Um, now I'm, uh, I was born in California. Uh, I moved up to Seattle in elementary school. Um, Henry and I went to different elementary schools, but we met uh, playing basketball, uh, just rec ball. Uh, we were friends, played basketball together for probably the next like four years in like elementary school before going to the same middle school, high school. Um, just became really good friends there. And then, um, we went separate ways for college. I went and played college basketball for a year in Washington. Henry came down to Portland, went to UP. And then after I decided to stop playing basketball, I transferred uh, to Portland state. And so now Henry and I are living together in Portland. Band's back together again. Same birthday, same person. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a good story. I'm kind of surprised that nobody has found our little endeavor on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um, someday oh, yeah. that will come through the woodworks. We let's just say this isn't our first content creation endeavor together. I mean, um, some of the best hiking you've ever seen. Man, if but you, you got to find it. We're not giving it away. It is it's going to be kind of a hunt. So, good luck. Good luck. May the best person win. That's right. Subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast. Stop by our weekly streams. Check us out on Discord via the link in the description. And before you forget, give a follow to all of our boys at Team Aim Assist. And thank you so much to all of them for hopping on for an interview. It was a great time. Thanks for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>